come, buddy. Hanging in there, hanging in there. This might be the fluffiest I've ever seen your beard. Yeah, dude, fuck it. I'm giving it, I'm gonna give it one more week, I think. Keep it up. I mean, if you don't have to shave it, why shave it? Yeah, exactly. Just, just as a warrior. Although I feel like when you shave your face, you already have the five o'clock shadow. You just go from a beard to a five. Yeah, I never, I never go full shave. I go straight to stubble. How do you go straight to stubble? Is it just, just only trimmer? Just a trimmer on like level one. <laughs> yeah, it's a good way to go. So this is gonna sound like I'm putting you on the spot, but I'm not at all. This is just because this is, I think, the way memory works in my own mind. Is do you remember? when you first met me? Because I remember when I first met you, but I don't believe you remember it. Flappers? No idea. I think I met you three years earlier than that. Okay, what was it? Um, so the only reason it sticks out to me in my mind is my very first open mic was in front of like six people and I was awful. I was as awful as any first timer you've ever seen. Yeah. And you were one of them. Nice. <laughs> and then you went up and it was, I swear to God, I remember every joke from your set to that day. Cause I was like, this guy is great. <laughs> I love this guy. And then you got off stage. And of course it was an open mic in front of like six people. So it's not like anyone got off feeling good. Yeah. And I was, I walked up to you and I was like, Hey, I think uh, what you did is awesome. And I think you're going to make it. And I think this is like, great. And you were like, okay. And then you like, just left. You're like, I got to go to another <laughs> open mic right now. <laughs> where was that dude you remember uh i think it was called the artist cafe like in culver city oh man jesus dude. christine taylor ran it oh yeah we've been doing this it, for too long dude yeah no exactly it's got to be eight nine years now i mean she talked me into doing it my first time i wanted to do it we worked the catering gig together and she mentioned she ran an open mic and i was like i want to be an open mic comedian and she goes most people say they want to be a comedian and I was like, yeah, but I know that I have to start there. And I know I'm not good. <laughs> God damn, dude. Well, luckily, there's uh, no open mics right now. That's one blessing about this. <laughs> You'd be wrong. There is one open mic going on. And it's yeah. not a blessing. <laughs> what is it? Is it a Zoom open mic? No, those things are happening. There's people that are doing it in a parking lot. And when the police show up, they just drive to a different parking lot. Wow, Jesus Christ. <laughs> what, what parking lot do they meet at? That's a secret. I don't know because I don't sign up for it. I just see on the Instagram stories and I look at them like, I know I shouldn't feel this way emotionally, but I'm like, you guys are the scabs of the open mics right now. Like, yeah. Don't cross the picket line. Be smart about this with everybody. What are you yeah. doing? Yeah, especially don't post about it. Yeah, that's the other thing. Is they know better than to post where they're at. And I think they selectively kind of choose their angles. So you just see the parking lot aspect of the parking lot. Mm -hmm. But also, if you're that much of a secret, don't reveal the secret. Yeah. I'm just like, never. I've done a couple small hangs, but we all get together and we're like, no one posts on social media. All right. No one knows we all hung out. <laughs> yeah. And if we could shout out those people right now, I'd appreciate it. Yeah. So, so uh, I got to illustrate. That's exactly it. I have, a, I have one friend. I've made my quarantine buddy. Mm-hmm. And we've we hang out like once a week. Yeah. Well, because the crazy. first month I didn't see anybody. Yeah. And then and then I was talking to this girl, not romantically, friendship-wise, in case any ex-girlfriends are listening. 
nothing romantic. And I was just like, no, I just want to get drinks and talk about bullshit. Yeah, to music. you got it, man. You spent so much time. Do you live alone or you have roommates? I have a roommate, but I still like never see him. Yeah. Yeah. Like when we are home, we're like in our separate rooms. We have like nothing romantic, strictly a roommate relationship. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like he had a bunch of screeners because he's in SAG. And he's like, yeah. do you want to watch any of these movies? And I was like, I'd love a movie night. And he goes, I'll leave him right here on the table. And if you're, <laughs> and if you watch any of them, you just put him in front of my door. Yeah. Just let me know if you watch any and I'll just put them back in my collection. <laughs> That's like a good relationship, dude. Yeah. It's not bad. It is a little bizarre in the boundaries, but not bad. How are you doing with all this? I'm doing fine. I live alone. So it gets, gets quiet. Yeah, of but, course. Uh, yeah, man. Just wake up. I do a, a YouTube workout. And I, Me too. Who are you using? I, I try to switch it up. I've only repeated a couple ones, but I do a lot of pop oh. sugar, do some bully juice. Yeah. I was going to say bully juice has been my guy throughout all of this. Really? He doesn't know it, but he's been like my best friend in this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bully juice is great with his thumbs up. Oh, dude. I found myself thumbing up with him. It's oh, hard yeah, not me too. To. You got yeah, it. Man. <laughs> Yeah, and then I started following way more wrestlers than I normally follow. I follow some wrestlers, but now I follow like 30 or 40 wrestlers because yeah. they will Instagram live their workouts and like do stuff with you. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's cool. So it's just like, you know what? Yeah, I want to do that. I want to work out with wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. I can't keep up there. even when they're like, this is easy. You're like, for you. Yeah, for you, professional wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's easy if you look already like Hercules. <laughs> I'm like a year into working out. This is still not good for me. <laughs> but that's what I've been up to. Yeah. Did you watch Last that. Dance? I've watched all Last Dance. I'm working on go watching it again. I watched episode one for the fourth time last night. It's my favorite. Oh, I don't want to tell you how it. I don't want to tell you how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good my though. Favorite documentary I've ever seen. I think. See now, I I loved it. I think that they should have released the Magic Johnson documentary first and then told Michael Jordan it was the best documentary. So then he would have went out and made an even better documentary. <laughs> That's what's so funny, dude. Anything you say to that guy. Yeah, it was fueled on petty. Like, it's so weird the amount of people I like follow that are like inspirational. You know, where it's just like, mm -hmm. hey, you just got to go out there. And like you can be a better you tomorrow than you can be today, and you just got to be a better today than you were yesterday, like that kind of thing. Not yeah. Michael Jordan. <laughs> Not yeah. Michael Jordan is just like you got to be better than the guy that talked shit to you yesterday. And you got to embarrass him. <laughs> you got to push him in the mud. Yeah, and make him feel like dirt. <laughs> yeah, or he'll just make something up about you. I love that. Yeah, that like, yeah that, he never said that. <laughs> it's just I'm just a psychopath. I can invent situations to get mad about. <laughs> yeah, but. Damn. Isn't that that guy's most famous moment now? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, exactly. You're like, I made the documentary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was no documentary about me. My best game was against Michael Jordan, and then he embarrassed me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was awesome. I'm going to watch they it several have, times. Yeah, I want to see more of the other guys talking about it after. They talked about before Michael Jordan embarrassed him, but nobody was there to talk about after yeah, what 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 happened with his life after that moment? Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, every year I still get a postcard from Michael Jordan, not signed because that'd be worth money. Just a picture of him 
<laughs> beating yeah. me in basketball. Sure, he does that. I can spend half his income on on postcards for people. Yeah, it's like The Rock. Like, you know, did you watch? I know you watched WWE in the early nineties. Did you watch it throughout all of the nineties? I was more of a, I was actually more of a WCW guy. Lame, <sighs> lamely enough. But, Which uh, just became a little, a little WWF WWE. But you know what the Nation of Domination is? Yes. The Nation of Domination got together like last year. Like they reunited to make a special where they talked about what it was like being in the nation. Except The Rock just sent them all autographed 8 by 10s and uh, <laughs> and the cardboard standout cutout of what he looks like now to put in the chair. You know, like, it's just. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, this is all, this is all I can give you right now. I'm The Rock. Yeah. I kept going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I. I can't stop being the rock because you guys want to talk about the rock. It's... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm still the rock. I can't be there. No, not at all. Not at all. I want to tell you that, uh, I share your videos a ton. I know you know that. Tight. Thank you. My family loves you. Like they, as if like, they don't know that I know you, like they love you. Like you're <laughs> oh, yeah. a real time celebrity. They're like, yes, that guy is a hundred feet tall. And all the other things you say. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was a catchphrase guy there for a little while. That's the thing. <laughs> the thing Have I you ever had somebody on the street use it on you? Huh? Oh yeah. I mean, rarely, but uh, every once in a while, people are like, yeah, my whole my family loves to say, "Are you joking my ass?" and "Holy snow" and stuff. And I'm like, man, that's so that's so stupid, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, we, I think I think we all do. That's the point. Is this like we know that it's ridiculous? Yeah, but it's fun to play the part. Yeah, you know, like, like Frankie Munoz loves what you do. Catchphrases seem to be seem to be the the way to go in comedy. <laughs> I've learned one thing from that: comedy is easy. Just say the same thing over and over. That's what I'm doing wrong. Yeah, don't write here. Jokes. I am. No, the right, problem is that every joke needs the same punchline. I guess. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah, save yourself so much time and energy. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm doing completely wrong. Oh God! Do you know what you're gonna do the first day you're allowed back out in the public? Oh, I'll be honest. The thing I miss the most is bars, bars, and going out and drinking and dancing mm -hmm. with my friends. Much more than I miss comedy. I don't miss comedy at all. <laughs> <laughs> do you hate being on stage like that? I get a love hate relationship with it. I get so much anxiety. I think it's getting worse the, the older I get. I'm getting more and more anxiety with with stand up. And just, uh, but it is, you know, I still love it, but I'm enjoying But I do miss, you know, I have friends that left town and they're like with their, back home with their families right now. Just excited to get everyone back and get the gang back together and have stuff to write about. I keep, keep trying to like write jokes during this quarantine. I'm just, there's no stimulation in my brain. <laughs> All my jokes are just about like, I have like a spider the other day. I'm just thinking about spiders for the whole day. There's nothing else to think about. I guess I'll write some uh, last dance material. That's the only thing I can think about right now. But yeah, the, the, the moment that I can go to a bar, the day a bar is open, I guarantee you I will be there. I'm so excited. To get That's back. so high risk, but exactly. No, I'm thinking about that too. I live right around the street from Jumbo's oh, and I've never been. But You've never I'm been to like, Jumbo's? No, it's never happened. And like, I, I want like to say once a month. First one, they seem yeah. like they seem like they uh, they're down like to the risk. 
<laughs> yeah, they're the first ones to have nobody with no masks on. Yeah, they're full capacity. Definitely. Yeah, just, we'll just paint masks on our face in case anyone takes pictures. <laughs> but yeah, once a month, someone always like, let's go to Jumbo's. I'm like, awesome. And they're like, but you know what we should do instead of Jumbo's first? And then we'll make our way to Jumbo's. And so it never, we never yeah. end up there. Yeah, so yeah, by the time you get there, the line is around the block. Jumbo's, yeah. is, Jumbo's is hit or miss. I've had some bad times at Jumbo's. Sometimes you just get a weird crowd, just aggressive, dude. Oh, no, you broke up on me. Hello? 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 Can you hear me? There we go. You're back. You're back. Damn this Zoom. For those listening, Ryan is frozen. He's back now. I'm back. Am I back? You're back. Connection is Now it says my internet connection is unstable. Oh, no. Okay. I didn't realize it had emotions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My internet connection is going through a lot right now. We're all going through something, man. That's true. It's just like, I'm just tired of this whole thing. I can't wait for you to get back to work. <laughs> Have you been doing you any uh, Zoom shows or anything? Yes. <laughs> I actually made a decision early that I'm not interested in doing Los Angeles Zoom shows. <laughs> if I can Zoom anywhere on the planet, why do I want to Zoom with people that live within five miles of me? Good point. So I reach, I'm from Tucson, and I was only kind of active in that scene before I moved out here. And so I've just reached out to them hard. And I'm like, any Zoom show that happens in Tucson, make me a part of. You know, like, and yeah. Damn, so, so I've been Zooming with those people. Uh, like one or two a week. Oh, damn. Okay. How's the, how's the Tucson scene? The Tucson I mean, are, they, are they listening right now? I'll, <laughs> I'll break it down even if they are listening. 90% of them talk about how Zoom sucks and they can't believe they're doing this. What a terrible thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is awful. This isn't the same. And you're like, it's not the same. Nobody said it was going to be the same. No one promised it was the same. So just yeah. make the most out of what you have. It's just something to do. Yeah, exactly. If you were sitting there at home do you want 10 comedians in a row to just talk about how this sucks? Or do you want one to come out and just be like, hey, this is what we're doing. We're all just sitting here. Mm-hmm. Have you been like so, cranking out jokes, writing new stuff? Or do you do cooking? I, and a lot of people have been doing like apartment stuff. <laughs> I have cleaned my whole room up and down. So I, you know, went down memory lane a little bit. But also I've talked a little bit about like just cleaning now i talk more about i talk more about movies yeah i already have a long bit about dvd commentary and that's just getting longer yeah i'm sure i mean so there's like stuff like that yeah exactly you know like how petty michael jordan is is fun but it's all that stuff is is progressing further because i don't want to talk about politics you know like i've never been a guy that's like i'm the, the think piece comic i'm like no i want to talk about double butt stuffed oreos i think that's funny <laughs> yeah i am worried like once we get out of this how much material is just going to be about the virus and quarantine and stuff i wonder if there's going to have to be kind of a an unwritten rule in comedy to not talk about it or keep it to a minimum because it's going to be so annoying for every crowd it's gonna be i so think the comics are going to notice it immediately it's like oh the new airplane food is talking about the quarantine 
yeah. How could he not? It's just like several months of doing it. And what a boring thing to talk about. That's what sucks. It's not even like a cool apocalypse. The most boring no. apocalypse. <laughs> I know, and it's beautiful outside. That's part of what makes it so boring. We're really, really promoting this bubbly today. This arm Absolutely. Bubbly. Yeah, man. I'm only taking the audio off of it, but mm, bubbly. <laughs> yeah, I'm bringing bubbly. If you can hear, <laughs> you can hear that carbonation. It's the orange can. I don't know if that's a different flavor. Orange bubbly, uh, one of my favorite bubblies. Mm-hmm. I'm getting into aha. You have these aha. What's aha? Aha is the new bubbly, and Vizzy is the new White Claw. I'm all about. Oh, see, no, yeah. I've been drinking Truly is my new White Claw. Truly, truly. I just had a tropical truly pack. A little too tropical for me. I like the original truly pack. You know, the things you learn in quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm learning. I bought a bunch of it because WrestleMania was rolling around. And I didn't want to let bully juice down, you know, like, so I was like, no, I got to get a low calorie. But it is WrestleMania. So I want to drink six or something. Have they done WrestleMania? Yeah, they did it to an empty audience, an empty arena. Was that the one that Gronk was at? Yeah, he hosted it. But tell you the truth, almost all the shots look like he shot it in an empty arena and they would just cut to him like dancing and stuff. <laughs> God, man, we're all just getting by. Do you think there's yeah. going to be football this year? Uh, I do. I do think there's going to be football. Be- because there's it's no crowds. no crowds. There might be less games. It looks like we're going to get baseball with less games. Yeah, that's how baseball should be. I think we're learning. Yeah, yeah but I One first thing. learned, because when they stopped it, you're like, but the players are all six feet apart anyways. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Except for, like, the tags. Good. It's all four sats now. Yeah, you got to tag and then fucking get away real quick. <laughs> but that's that seems to be the, the bigger thing to me. It's like, no, the dugout is where you're worried. I'm not worried about any of yeah, the actual yeah, I remember players. the original plan was to have the players like sit in the stands all six feet apart that was the original like arizona plan they were pitching i was like man that must that would look so weird <laughs> that would be so funny though sunglasses spitting spitting their <laughs> dip into the crowd the spitting would be worse than hugging each other that's like all their yeah they're gonna have to be Everything like no you're... spit yeah that's that's the problem baseball without spitting that sounds like no baseball yeah I'm with you. Only underhand pitching. Uh, although, if we have less games, my Chicago Bears are going to probably have their best season of my lifetime. So, who do you think who's, who's going to start a quarterback? Uh, Nick Foles. Wild, wild time, Which, Chicago. I was hoping I, they would pick up Cam. Wait, what did you say? I talked over you. So I was hoping they would pick up Cam. I would like to see Cam in a. Oh, me too. I've been a fan of him since Auburn. Although yeah. I've also been a fan of Nick Foles since Arizona, because I'm from Tucson. So he was like a hometown hero for us. No oh, shit, well, that's cool. Yeah, he's the first guy to come out of the U of A drafted as a quarterback. Really? They've had a couple people sign after the draft and go to camps. Never anybody start a game. He's the only quarterback from Arizona to ever start a game in the NFL. Damn, there you go, Nick. Big Dick Nick. Yeah. Big Dick Nick. We called him that back then, too. I don't know how the word got out so fast. <laughs> yeah. Although his wide receiver at that time was Gronk. He was tossing to Gronk. Really? Oh, shit, I didn't know anything. Yeah. Yeah, but Gronk broke his back. And so, like, it was just Gronk was on the sidelines this whole last year. 
Wow, this back's been messed up for a long time then. Yeah. Although the coolest thing about living in the same city as Gronk for a little bit is you'd hear about him everywhere. He was a door guy at a bar where they paid him cash because he was a scholarship athlete. Yeah. But of course, yeah, you're like, if you were at a bar that he was at, he was dancing, he was drinking, it was a good time. Everyone was happy when Gronk showed up. Yeah, yeah, Gronk's the man. I've heard there's some comic that worked on a show with him and said he was uh, such an idiot, but he seems like my kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> I would say so. I think you guys would get along swimmingly. Although, yeah. how did you meet your heroes? You found a way to become friends with the star athletes of your team, which seems yes. impossible to me. Yes, it was wild. It was wild. I, I, mean, I, I did meet Cam a few years ago, just randomly on the street, which is to this day the wildest thing that's ever happened to me. He was just standing on like Hollywood and Wilton, just like leaning huh. against the wall. And I was just coming back from a hike and I just walked by him and I was like, what the? I was with my girlfriend at the time. I was like, that's Cam Newton. She took a picture with us and he was nice enough. He didn't really say anything. He just gave me a, gave me a nice pound. And, uh, you know, but that was just the biggest star the Panthers have ever had. And uh, yeah. then I became like friends with some guys in the team a couple of years ago when I uh, became friends with Ryan Khalil, who's the center. I had mm-hmm. a uh, also meeting. from Tucson. He's from, huh? <laughs> yeah, he went to high school in Tucson. Did he? Yeah. Uh, not yeah. not th- he's younger than me, so I was already graduated, and it was a different school. But oh, sure, I remember yeah. when he was in high school, it was like that guy's going to go pro, and then he ended up with you guys. Damn. Six degrees of separation. You're way closer than I am. My closest to him is I know you, you know him. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but he has a production company here in L.A. with Blake Griffin. Mm. Uh, they just want to make movies and stuff and produce whatever. And I had a, I had a, just a, my manager at the time set me up uh, with a meeting there just to like see where he worked. And I yeah. thought that'd be cool. Maybe someday we could work together on something. Seems unlikely, but might as well take the meeting. I went and I was meeting with this this other guy and he was telling me, yeah, Ryan Khalil started this company and he's here today. And I was like, wait, he's here today? I'm a huge Panthers fan. He's like, oh, come meet him then. I went and I met him and freaked out. I was like, can I get a picture? And he was like, he was like in the middle of a meeting. He's like, later, <laughs> relax. <laughs> yeah, then he came and hung out with us and, you know, talk, tell, told him about my sketch group, Dead Kevin. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, man, you know, took a picture with him and left and thought that was it. And then, a couple of weeks later, he followed me on Twitter and messaged me. He was like, dude, I've been watching all your dead Kevin stuff. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. He's like, I want to work with you on some stuff. So we started working on sketches and we shot like a short film together. And, you know, I'm a big Panthers oh, fan. So we hooked it up yeah. with, uh, with uh, some tickets to games and stuff. And I was going to these games and field passes. And then there was one thing I shot uh, two years ago uh, over like Thanksgiving which is a commercial for Power Home Solar, solar panel company commercial, mm-hmm. solar panel, com- yeah, solar panel company commercial. So I fly out, he flies me out to Charlotte because they want to shoot in the locker room in the stadium. And uh, yeah. so I go in and we go in through the uh, through the team gym. We walk in, there's just one guy in there. It's just Cam Newton just working out by himself with his son. He's like mm. sweating and I just walk in, I'm like, what the fuck? It just, just <laughs> goes over and he damps him up and, and then Luke Keekley was in that commercial we shot. So I, you know, got to know him a little bit. We went out to dinner after with, with Luke and their agent stuff. And I'm just like, this is, it was the best day of my life. Curtis Samuel was in the commercial, a couple other guys. That was That's incredible. Uh, I can't imagine a better day than that. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, the closest I had to that was uh, 
became friends with a professional wrestler and my brother's a lifelong super obsessed fan. Yeah. And they were like, hey, you want to come backstage and meet the other wrestlers? And I was like, can I bring my brother? I took my brother back there and it was incredible because they're all in their gear. So it's not like you're seeing them in like casual thing. It's like you walked into the behind the scenes of the video game you play all, all the time. Yeah. There they are in their gear. Who are they? Any big names? Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel weird about saying all of them, but it's like Randy okay. Orton was okay. one of them. And then like Matt Hardy, Shinsuke Nakamura, you know, Charlotte Flair. We talked to her for a while, you know, of course, Becky and Ashka, Carmella. And yeah, we just got to talk to all of them. They were showing us the belts. We got to play with the ones that they actually wear on TV. And Man, they looked at us like we were stupid. <laughs> like one guy named Rusev came up and he was just like, if you guys are such big wrestling fans, why aren't you watching the event? Yeah. And we're like, we've been to like 20 events. We've never been backstage playing with belts. This is, yeah. this is way better. <laughs> you're, st- you're still a big wrestling guy to this day. Yeah. Yeah, I still am. It's like, it's bigger than ever, man. It's like bigger than I think even when we were kids. You know, they say that, and I believe they make more money than that. But when we were kids and you'd go, the arena was sold out. When you go now, there's areas where they're blacked out and stuff. So here's the other fun thing about this is that when you go, like I thought I was going to see a lot of kids because there was like 10 years I didn't watch. And so when I went back, I was like, oh, there's going to be a lot of kids here. It's just people my age, the same ones from when I was a kid. We just grew up. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't have I guess kids. Wrestling is kind of like our generation kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I see way more 35 year olds by themselves than eight year olds with their dad. <laughs> yeah. And it feels misplaced because you're like, no, I want to want to see the eight year olds with their dad. Like, this is kind of the place for that. It's like yeah. how we took over Disneyland. Like, our generation is like, we want to go to Disneyland every week because we live here. Mm hmm. And then you go and you're just like, I just see a lot of people in their early 30s at Disneyland. I don't see many families. Yeah, is Disneyland not cool anymore with kids? People trying to show their kids. Kids are like, I don't need this. I have a phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have a video game that takes me to Disneyland. And then yeah, I can leave just, when, I'm, when I'm done. You do VR Disneyland. I don't need to be here. Be in the air, air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Wi-Fi sucks here, Dad. Why did you pay extra for a place <laughs> with no Wi-Fi? I've been to Disneyland once and didn't really, didn't care for it. Are you a Disneyland guy? I'm a Disneyland guy. I'm an annual pass holder for as long as I've oh, been shit. here. There you go. In fact, once, pre-flappers, uh, <laughs> I saw you at an open mic in Fullerton. Whoa, man. That's how fucking, we were doing open mics in Fullerton, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I would do that on Fridays because I would go to Disneyland during the day and then leave and then just go do some Orange County open mics at night. Like Damn. Whittier and Fullerton. I found a yeah. way to mix it all together. Yeah. I do remember um, that. That was a good one. That was a great one. That was like the very, that was brightly called. lit with like a coffee shop. That was like really well lit. Yeah. It had books everywhere as if anyone yeah. was there to read oh, yeah, books. That's right. It had books everywhere. I remember. Then we would yeah, just go out of Fullerton while we're there. Why not? Yeah, exactly. And you're like, the other idea of that was if I got up early at that open mic, I could just go back to Disneyland in time for fireworks. <laughs> God, dude. You're living a dream. Yeah, dude. I had so much ice cream and fireworks that year. It was crazy. <laughs> the best year of your life. It may have been one of the best years of my life. Yeah, those I mean, it's no. I mean, yeah, I remember just banging out so many open mics. Yeah, that's how we met. We were both just like crushing the mics too, too hard, too much. 
I want to say you did like a thousand that year. You were I like did, the first I guy. I, I, used to count. I used to keep counts. I was so competitive with myself. It was the Michael Jordan of open mics. <laughs> Someone told me I couldn't do <laughs> too many. I did 800. I think it was 817. I think I counted in one year. And yeah. Probably there was 690 some... of those were awful. <laughs> of course. I didn't realize that. I remember once I was doing open mics with Preacher Lawson. Little shout out to him. What's up, Preacher? Seven years ago. He was just visiting. And like it was a mic I saw like you and Ahmed and we were all just hitting all of them. And I was still brand new. I was like three months in. And one of them I did great. And the other one I did awful. And it was the same material. And I was like, why? What did I do so wrong in the second one? It must have been body language. The material was the same. And they're just like, no, this is just how it is for a while. Yeah, it's just, uh, I guess, got to ride it out for years and years. There's no rhyme or reason. Yeah. Just how many years into open mics were you at that point? I started, well, I started open mics a little bit in Boston in 2009. Yeah. Uh, then I moved out to LA in 2010, and I was hitting the open mics really nonstop for probably four years. And that kind of, what, what honestly, what made me stop was I started doing Postmates in 2014. And the best time to work Postmates was at night because all the dinner orders mm. were a lot bigger than the lunch orders and you could get tipped based on how big the order was. Yeah, So I started working at night and doing open mics like once or twice a week. And then that petered out to once every couple of weeks. And then it just like really just stalled. And, uh, you know. And, then, and that one that Kevin hit? Yeah, Dead Kevin. Yeah, Dead Kevin. We started Dead Kevin like 2011. Uh, so yes, yeah, so we were cranking out. It must have been like four or five years. We're cranking out stuff every Monday. Now we put stuff out every once in a while whenever we can. It's going to be a while now. Ahmed's out in Big Bear. <laughs> He's got a Is kid. he just out there for indefinitely right now? Yeah. Because he, he and his wife have a house out there that they, uh, it's an Airbnb that they rent out, but now they're just living there and uh, oh. subletting their house sounds in great. LA. I'm like, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Living the life with the wife and the kid out in Big Bear. Yeah, it sounds Thinking awesome. Sounds the cool. hell out of town, dude. Have you been in LA this whole the whole quarantine? I have. I thought about going out to my family in Arizona. Yeah. But then I was like, no, my sister's husband's a cop. He's still working. And if you're a cop, you're only going to the worst scenes. And then there was a whole breakout. And specifically, the area code, like little zip code that they live in, mm-hmm. is like the worst in Arizona. And so I'm like, well, I'm not going to a place that's worse. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. So instead, I just stuck it out here and I've just watched everything I can watch under the sun. Yeah, man. Yeah. I was, there's a, I had like a brief conversation with my parents. I was telling them how a bunch of my friends were going home, seeing their families, and they were like, Are you going to do that? And I was like, uh, It wouldn't be safe, I don't think. It would be, I don't want to go, I don't want to go to the airport and, and bring all those germs home. So sorry, I can't. So it's an easy, hey, it might get me out of Christmas this year. Who knows? If, if this keeps going, I might be like, yeah, come on. <laughs> but, it's funny. You say that, but if football started up and you got free tickets, you're going to Carolina. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The Panthers are coming to LA this year. They're playing the Chargers, but it's week three, which I think that's definitely going to be too early to have crowds. Yeah, that's going to be an empty arena. Start. It's crazy that we're going to have a billion dollar arena that we can't go to. I know. I'm so excited to go to this new stadium. It's probably going to be the whole season. They're not going to have any crowds. Uh, yeah, I would keep thinking the same thing. Like I've been just been watching them build it, and like every couple of months, if I'm like anywhere close to the area, like dropping someone off from the airport or anything, you're like, I'm gonna swing by and just look at what 
it looks like now. Yeah, just see the. Progress. And now it's finally opening. I couldn't be more excited that it's opening. They they wouldn't want me further away. <laughs> yeah, man, it looks awesome, dude. I have driven by it. I was so excited. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm my, hoping they can like start letting people tenth capacity in. Everyone six six feet apart or something. See, they're thinking about starting to pump in crowd noise, which I don't mind. Yeah. I think it's, you know, a little stupid, but it's also going to be weird. The players are going to be able to so easily hear each other with no sound. I think you should pump in a little bit just to, like, cut down on all the cheating that's going to happen. I want to hear all the yelling. I want to hear what they're saying to each other. Yeah, I want to hear. I once had courtside seats to a Clippers game. Mm -hmm. And you don't realize how much the players are talking to each other during the game. Yeah, it's just kind of It's the whole game. And it's not just, like, shit talking. It's, like, because at the time they had Chris Paul. It'd be like Chris Paul would be like guarding somebody and he'd be like, he's looking left, he's looking right. Like he's telling everyone where his yeah. eyes are going so they can be an extra alert of everything. And so it's just like all of that stuff. You're like, I never even considered that. That is exactly what somebody with his vision does is share it with everyone else. So they all have pure yeah. court vision. Yeah. You know, like, and they're telling each other where they're at. Yeah, where like DeAndre is like in the corner, 12, like all those other things. So they're like able to hear and see what's going on without actually moving their eyes from where they need to be. I'm yeah. sure that's happening in football. Yeah. I'm sure the line is telling people all kinds of things, you know, like I would yeah, love I to hear that. that. If this might be the only time in my life that I actually get to hear that fully, let me hear that fully. <laughs> That'd be incredible. Although they do pumping crowd noise at like college football practices. Yeah. Just so I, uh, get, used to the, get used to yelling. Yeah. Yeah, they used to practice literally two streets from where I lived in Tucson, the U of A football team. Mm-hmm. And so I would hear them pump in the crowd noise and they play music really loud and they'd have to try to yell over it to get to each other. Because, of course, that's the scenario in which they're at the level they have to yell when they're playing on the actual field. Yeah. But if, if, let's prepare them for what they're really dealing with. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah, so I saw one tweet that I thought was great. I think it's like we should allow one fan from each team in the stadium on either side. <laughs> <laughs> like win a lottery, you just have to fucking be the only guy just screaming. I would love that. I'd be great at that job. <laughs> yeah, but, but imagine if you're the one guy and your team's just getting obliterated. <laughs> yeah. And you're just watching him just get drunk. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you're like specifically like, I want you fired. You yeah. specific, <laughs> you're a coordinator. <laughs> Ron, you're done. <laughs> I found your Twitter. <laughs> have you been oh, to games I'm, at have you been to games at Soldier Field? No, because I visit during Christmas time when there's literally snow in the seats and people just push it over and sit on it. And it oh, does yeah. not look fun. <laughs> not for me. I've been to a bunch of Cubs games in the summer, but never have I been early enough in the season for the Bears to actually go to a game i've seen the bears away i've never been home wow that's wild it's a bucket list for you it really is which is the amount of times i've been around soldier field it's really obscene that i haven't walked in yeah (laughs) yeah i walked i walked around it one time just to felt the history yeah yeah, i mean i lived there for a couple years i mean i'm from arizona my family's more from there and so that's how it's like. Is that how you always became like a Bears fan? Yeah. When my dad got married, we were just Nebraska Cornhusker fans. Mm-hmm. Then my dad got married to a Chicago woman 
And she's like, I'll root for Nebraska if you guys root for the Bears. I went like, deal. Because we didn't pay too much attention. Everybody in the NFL was just people that graduated from college to us. Yeah. So we're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Peyton Manning was never a cult in my mind. He was he was yeah. a University of Tennessee volunteer. He just happened to make it in this other thing. Yeah. And so, like, it was just sort of that. Although the Cubs, I was on the Cubs when I was, like, eight years old. Like, in Little League. Okay. And so I had the shirt and the hat. And WGN was on every day. And I was just like, oh, look, I'm in their farm system. These are my guys. <laughs> One day, I'm Mark Grace. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, so just, I, I became a Panthers fan because I, when I was seven years – I don't know if I told you the story. When I was seven, yeah. I was in Maine with my family on vacation. It was super hot, and I just wanted a hat. So my dad took me into a Reebok store, and I uh, just said, pick a hat. It was just a wall of hats. I didn't really follow any sports at the time. Mm. He just said, pick a hat. And I picked the, my two favorite hats were the, uh, this was 95, their inaugural year. I picked a Panthers hat and a Jaguars hat by chance. The two new inaugural teams. Oh, in whoa. Just because they were my two. I liked the cats on both of them. The Jaguars say, hat didn't cats. say anything. Jaguars hat didn't say anything on the back. The Panthers hat said Panthers on the back. I still have it. I'll show you. Oh, hell yeah. By the way, you guys off. can't see. He's got little pennants back there. I know. This is just for you. So this is old. My old. This is my first oh, Panthers. Oh, of course, that's classic. And on the back, it just says Panthers. And, uh, and my dad, my dad used to uh, run the youth soccer league at the time. He would make the teams, so he would let me be on teams with my friends and shit, and like name my team. Uh, it was a good life being the the manager's son. But he goes, he goes, you get this hat, you can uh, we can name your soccer team the Panthers, and you can pretend this is your team hat. And I was like, oh, that's a cool idea. And that's how I got the Panthers hat, and it has ruined my life since <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're just going ruined your life i mean you guys have had a couple good little runs. Had a couple good years but i grew up in new england i could have been a six-time champion <laughs> okay so you, i know it's easy to look over on the other fence yeah it's always be like, it looks like they're having a better time <laughs> i mean statistically they definitely did a lot of times <laughs> a lot of times much, better times much happier people not even but that. You got They're actually thing. the angriest people in the world, <laughs> New England sports fans. No matter yeah. What. yeah, it doesn't look like they actually enjoy what's going on. Yeah, like I mean. They're, they're I went to a Super Bowl bad. party when they were playing the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. And because, remember, if you remember, the Falcons were up big time at halftime. Yep, 28-3. So, yeah, one of them just punched a hole in the wall, and I just left. I was like, I don't need to watch this with oh these people. Oh, my God, that's the worst. Yeah, and <laughs> title prick. Yeah, I wonder what what he was like uh, when they made the comeback. And when I yeah, when I go to parties like that, and I don't really care who wins, I root based on who's in the room and who I hate the most. I and I root for them. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, I feel like when they made the comeback, he just punched another hole right in the wall. <laughs> yeah, just another happy hole, and then yeah, exactly. put a whole bunch of holes under. He just made a big smiley face in the wall. <laughs> Snopes, it's Ryan O'Flanagan. Uh, special thing about Ryan, I know I kind of a little bit touched down on it, but I want to talk about it a little bit more. He was at the very first open mic I ever went to. The very first open mic I ever went to, I got up 
I got a piece of paper. I knew I was going to do it. I didn't know what I was going to say. I went to Rite Aid. I got a notebook and I just started jotting things down in my car for like two hours. Like this is, this is my five minute set. And then I was even like, oh, I think I have 20 minutes, you know, like I thought I had everything. And then I got to the open mic and I must have blurted through all of that stuff in 30 seconds, maybe 45 seconds in front of about six people, you know, including the barista who was working the coffee shop at the time. And I went down, then the notebook I put on the ground, like it was a set list for music. And I went down to my knees, like in the catcher position, and I eventually put my arms around my knees. And I didn't even realize I had wrapped myself into a little ball on stage, holding the microphone in that little ball, because I took it out of the stand, just trying to read through the ideas I had. And I was like, one of these is going to hit. One of them's going to hit. And none of them hit. Not a single joke hit. And then the next week, I went back with all new five minutes. Which, by the way, I want to say that first one, I, they didn't like me. They knew it was my first time ever, so they just let me hang up there. Which is, uh, fuck you. Like, that's the thing that you do in comedy when you're like, oh, you want to try comedy? Eat this. But I came back the next week, and I did another five minutes, and none of it hit. And then I came back the third week, and one joke hit. And it took two minutes to get to that joke, but it hit. And then I don't think I got another laugh for like three or four months. But Ryan was there for that first one. And I remember all of the faces, and a couple of them are still doing comedy. And for some reason, I have a reverence about those people. It's like Jamar Neighbors was one of those people. Dave Getzoff was one of those people. Christine Taylor was one of those people. Ryan O'Flanagan was one of those people. And I loved his set immediately. I was like, this guy is going to be big. And then he started Dead Kevin Sketch Group. Check that out on everything. Uh, I mean, I guess mostly YouTube. And then, of course, there he... Uh, his Instagram, his Twitter, Ryan O'Flanagan on all those things. And he's just so funny. I think he's so funny. And I'm trying to remember what the name of the show was on Netflix where the guy draws all the dicks. He's in that too. He's all over the place. I felt lucky to have him, even though I've known him this whole time. It was just also just like, yes, yes, I'm always giddy to talk to him. That's like me being a fanboy, and you guys got to witness that. I'm going to wrap this up. I promise you. You guys heard me last week just gush over you guys. And I, you know, I still feel that same way. My heart's like full for you guys because of this podcast. And I'm not back at work yet. And I feel like that's coming soon. I'll talk about that more. These outros are getting longer because I just, I want to talk to you, the listener. And, you know, like if you want to talk to me, you know, you can find me at Aaron M. Marsh on everything. And you guys can rate, review, subscribe, share. I've shared every screenshot everyone's ever sent me that's like, I'm listening to this podcast and I love it. You know, like, I've yet to get one that's like, I'm listening to this podcast and I hate it. But I'll share that too. I don't care. I am in love with you guys listening to the podcast. I love what I get out of this. Thank you for listening. And thank you for putting up with me. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong, whether I find a place in this world or never belong, I've got to be me. I gotta be me. What else can I be but one?
go it alone. That's how it must be. I can't be right for anyone else if I'm not right for me. I've got to be free. I gotta be free. 